This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 33 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host, Gabriella Giovanni. I, I shouldn't say alongside, but we will be alongside in a few weeks as I am going to visit Ella in Philadelphia. But right now, I'm in Omaha. Elle? I know. I'm so excited for you. Obviously, we were in touch most of your travel day. We were. The, when you were getting there and traveling to Omaha, but I'm so excited to see the stories that you come up with over the next few days. And of course, to see what Vandy does, it'd be really cool for you, a great experience to be there when they win. Yeah, I just really quickly, I think if you guys don't understand my background with baseball, um, I just love baseball. I love the sport. And for some reason, I've always followed Vanderbilt baseball, even, you know, before I got here, way before I got here. And it just is a weird thing because it's always been on my bucket list. I kid you not to cover the College World Series, but more specifically, it was a dream of mine like to cover a team like Vandy. So for it actually to be playing out is pretty special. And so make sure to tune in to some of my coverage. Um, I'm all over social media this week, so it should be really fun. And I know Ella, you're you're keeping up with it as well, so it'll be cool. Yes, of course. Well, Kayla, should we just move right along here? We're obviously on the topic of baseball, but that's yes. college baseball. Let's talk a little bit about MLB, the All Star rosters. They won't be announced until Thursday, but the top three finalists at each position were revealed, so we can have a pretty good idea of what to expect. Kayla, for me in the AL. The Astros had seven finalists. Again, this is just on the kind of pre-roster reveal. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Yankees had six, the Twins with four. To me, I was excited, and I know you probably feel the same, to see Giovanni Urshela, Uh, who has really found a place in New York. And then, of course, there were the few guys that weren't much of a surprise, like Mookie, Mike Trout. And then what was really interesting too, Aaron Judge, who was injured for so long in the beginning of the season. He still made it, but he's a fan favorite. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just so I don't know if people know this out here. So you were talking about the initial round. So under MLB's new voting format this year, fans will go through a two round process to determine which Mm -hmm. players start, obviously, in the Midsummer Classic. So the top three vote getters at each infield position, not including pitchers, and then uh, the top nine vote get vote getters among outfielders advance to the final phase. So that's kind of like the new thing this year when you were saying this is what is going on right now with the guys that they have. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited about some of these guys on here. You mentioned Gio. It was really good to see Giovanni Ashura. Urshela's name on there because he's a guy that has really tried to just work his way up to the majors and has gone back and forth with the Indians and and now he's up with the Yankees. You said surprises. We're not surprised by the guys like 
you know, Freddie Freeman and those type of guys that are names in the league. But yeah, Aaron Judge, (laughs) as much as it surprises (laughs) me, it doesn't surprise me because remember we spoke about like MLB and the big names and there's not many guys that are marketable. Well, Mm -hmm. guess who's the one of the most marketable guys? Yep. He is. Besides Mike Trout, Aaron Judge Mm -hmm. is. So -hmm. it doesn't surprise me there. What I'm kind of happy with in terms of just seeing some of these teams build is the Braves are a team that have struggled for a very long time and they're starting to kind of get the pieces together. And I'm seeing just a list of Braves that are on here, including uh, Vanderbilt's Dansby Swanson, who's also on there on the shortstop list. But yeah, every position, it's almost like they have a guy on there, but you know, who's not on there. Okay. Can we not? Well, it's not it's not against your Phil it's not against the Phillies. That, <laughs> this is my whole point. I'm I have nothing against the Phillies, but I have something against Bryce Harper. Oh, I knew who you're going after. I'm no. I'm upset that there's not a single Philly on the well, list, but yeah, I, I know. I, I know it's that's left a me a little aspect. speechless, as you can tell. I don't know what to say at this point. It's been a it's been a rough month of June for the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's just well, say there's that. there's still a second half of the season, but really quickly on the note of it, All Star Game at Progressive Field, home of the Cleveland Indians, yeah. and I know that they're going to put on a show because that that's really become a really cool place to watch sports down there in that area. We always had so much fun when we'd go there to cover the Indians. That mm-hmm. stadium really surprised me. I think it's a great stadium. I I loved it there. So it's a good good thing for the city of Cleveland. Yep, we're excited for that. So let's switch gears now to the pitch and talk about soccer in the U.S. And obviously we talked about the FIFA Women's World Cup and specifically in the United States. The buzz is obviously around the dominance of this U.S. women's team. But then let's talk a little bit about the highly criticized and rightfully so U.S. men's team. You know, they had a big showing on Saturday night, Ella. They won 6-0 over Trinidad and Tobago on that Gold Cup world stage. And I think everyone, social media was blowing up like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, could this be maybe a good sign that these guys are coming back? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, it was a highly anticipated match because this was the first match played against Trinidad and Tobago since they limited eliminated excuse me the U.S. from the World Cup so there was definitely some ill will there I I can't imagine the feeling of the U.S. playing Trinidad and Tobago for the first time since them so they not only beat them though they dominated like you said 6-0 this is a big year for the U.S. men's national team to see kind of what they're made of and if they can rise to the international stage again there's a lot of pressure and again like you said rightfully so but for now, I I trust who's at the helm, a guy that me, you and I are very familiar with. Yeah, head coach Greg Berhalter. And really quick before we talk about him, so during the game, they kept on scoring goals. And I was like, so are they uh, looking to the women for some inspiration right now? Right, I, just, I know. I thought I know. it was funny because it was kind of reminding me the way the match was going of that. But mm-hmm. getting back to Greg Berhalter, yeah, we, we uh, covered him in Columbus, Ohio. He was the head coach of Columbus Crew SC for a while, and I covered him for three seasons. You actually covered him a lot with me when you were at Tennessee as my intern. And Mm -hmm. I will say this about Greg. Wow, what a great guy off the field, uh, off the pitch, I should say. But he has clearly proven himself on the field. I mean, Columbus Crew SC has been so successful, and that's despite going through a lot of stuff. 
that has happened there, almost losing their franchise. I mean, you got to understand this was all going on last season when they were playing and they were successful. So I just think it was a great pick for the U.S. men's team to get him. Players love him. Media loves him. And he obviously Mm -hmm. knows what he's doing with this team. Yeah, just from what I know about him being around him. And then obviously when I was in New England covering the Revs, you know, I'd seen him a few times throughout the season as well. He's a culture guy. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though the U.S. men's national team needed that Mm -hmm. because it was a travesty, right? It was. Of what happened with them not making the World Cup. I mean, that was such a huge deal. And they, when they had to bring in a new head coach to take over this national team, It had to be someone that was going to nail it, right? There couldn't be any excuses. There couldn't be someone who dropped the ball. They couldn't go through a few different coaches to try them out. It had to be someone that was going to come in and nail it. Yep. So there's a lot of pressure on him too. And so a win like the other night against Trinidad and Tobago, I think is a step in the right direction. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if they can build on it. But it looks promising. It's just so hard to give in just yet. And like you said, hopefully they are looking to the U.S. women's national team as inspiration, thinking, look what they're doing, and we're nowhere near on their level, and we need to get there, right? Hopefully it's kind of a kick in the butt, and we'll see what happens. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it was cool to see him cheering kind of on the sideline. I'm sure that's just natural emotion, like, Hey, like this is this is something that we can actually show like we're mm-hmm. getting to that point. So, well, you guys, I will say this, the hockey players, the season is done. They are getting out their razors. They are ready to shave those beards. Those <laughs> playoff beards are out. So, you know, we have an amount, announcement guys to make Blue Wires teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes, this is a lot here, five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that for just $3 shipped right to your door. You know, enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Well, coming in now for the assist, we introduce sports anchor and reporter from WWL-TV in New Orleans. Andrew Doak, thanks for uh, coming in. You were on the radio in Nashville earlier and now now you're on our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Well, Andrew, the drama of the NBA in the city of New Orleans began the night, basically, of the NBA lottery when the Pelicans were awarded the number one overall pick in this year's draft. You could say that was a pretty historic night for New Orleans because the Pels would inevitably be receiving Zion Williamson, a -a once-in-a-lifetime player. How did the excitement immediately begin building after the lottery? Yeah, I mean, I think as soon as they nabbed that number one pick, I mean, everybody knew what direction they were going. You know, they couldn't mention his name just due to NBA rules, you know, for the you know month and a half leading up to the NBA draft. But, you know, Zion's a a population of one. The guy is – you know, just has such a unique skill set um, from what he's able to do on the court, his lateral quickness, the size that he's at, how high he can jump, 
you know, he still has some weaknesses in his game. But I think from an excitement standpoint, yeah, the city of New Orleans, you know, with this Anthony Davis trade and, and the turmoil that surrounded it throughout this year with clutch sports and just him not wanting to be here in New Orleans, I, I think from a karma standpoint, I, I don't know if a, another team needed it more than someone like the Pelicans to be able to kind of revive basketball because in New Orleans, it's no secret, like it's a football town first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you love the town and if you put a good product on the floor, people will show up. And I, I think if you guys saw some of the videos from Fulton Street, which is kind of a, a party area where they even did like the um, boycott bowl during the Super Bowl, <laughs> like the, people were going crazy whenever Zion Williamson was picked. So New Orleans is a very loyal town. And if you give love to it, you'll get love back in return. And, and I, they're very excited about basketball. And I think – this is a great opportunity for them to be able to build a foundation moving forward where they can get it right this time. They obviously didn't get it right with Anthony Davis, but maybe they can get it right this time. Well, let's get back to a a little bit about the Anthony Davis drama. And right before the draft, New Orleans made that blockbuster trade, sending AD to the Lakers for Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three first rounders, including the fourth overall in the 2019 draft. Do you believe the Pelicans won that trade and and why? Well, I I think, I think initially, you know, from my standpoint, I was kind of unsure about the trade. I liked it. I didn't love it. I think initially, like when you look at the pieces that they got back in return, I'm not super high on Lonzo Ball. However, Alvin Gentry, the head coach for the Pelicans, really loves him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm not very high on Brandon Ingram. Um, I think he's a good player, but I just I don't think his upside is as great as some people. Um, and he also has some health issues with the blood clots and whatnot that I think they're trying to figure out. He needs to eat a couple po' boys too because he's just, right? <laughs> just too skinny. And, you know, so he can gain like 15 pounds easy in New Orleans, but he needs to. Mm-hmm. And so I think when it comes to the assets that they got, like as far as the first round picks for people to understand basically what they're what they're banking on with those first round picks is that they're hoping that sometime between 2021 and 2025 that the Lakers completely crumble and that Rob Polinka, their GM, you know, mismanages this salary cap, which we've all already seen reports that you know he didn't really understand the salary cap before this trap uh, trade was made, so it's not it's not unlikely to think that that could happen. But really, the big crux of this is that LeBron's going to be a, a free agent in 2022. Yep. He's going to be 38 years old. He could leave the Lakers. He could retire. He could have enough rings. You know who who knows what he wants to do. He might go somewhere else just for like another year or two. So they're banking on them like crumbling late. And somehow them being able to reap, reap the benefits from them stinking. If somehow LeBron and them are good, then all of a sudden it's like you have all these draft picks and maybe you get a first rounder. But yeah, it's not until like, you know, pick 30. Then it's like, well, that's really like a, a second round pick, right? Like if you get like a 27 or a 28 or whatever. So at that at that point, I think the Lakers would win the trade. But I think right now the Pelicans look like they're in a really good position and then going into draft night, they obviously extended that pick even more mm-hmm. by trading back with the Hawks. They get the eight, they get the 17, they got a 2020 first round pick from Cleveland also. So I think David Griffin, who's the new uh, Pels executive vice president who came in and he worked with LeBron in Cleveland. He was the GM that helped bring them a title uh, whenever LeBron decided to come back to Cleveland. He's a guy who knows the league really well and, and knows 
cap management and, and the aerobics that go into it as good as anybody. And so I think from that standpoint, the Pelicans are in a really good spot. Andrew, you probably never thought the past few months would unfold the way they have. I can't imagine how crazy work has been for you staying on top of all of these stories. And so then that takes us obviously to the NBA draft occurring last Thursday. And just as planned, the Pelicans drafted Zion Williamson. Can you set the scene for our listeners as to what Zion has ignited for the city of New Orleans? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think Zion is just kind of like a beacon of of hope for basketball in New Orleans. Like it was like I was saying earlier. I mean, I, there's so many people who, from a national media perspective, look at New Orleans and they say, "Yeah, it's, it's just a football town." People don't embrace basketball, but I, I can tell you firsthand, and I'm not from here, but I've been here two years. There is a, a significant faction of people who genuinely love basketball that are here in New Orleans that are diehard Pelicans fans that they will show up every night to those games. Is it as, you know, significant as certain parts of the country like LA or, you know, others that really love basketball? Maybe not, but I think using the, using the example of saying, uh, look, no one's in the seats. They don't embrace basketball. And, and then you point to the team this year. It's like, well, yeah, they're 20 games under right. 500, right. you know? So, like when, when they had a decent team the year before and they went to the playoffs, they swept the Portland Trailblazers in the first round and people were ecstatic in the city and, and those seats were all filled out. It was literally sold out every game and people were in love with basketball at that point in time. So they just need someone to be able to to manage this situation correctly around a superstar that is going to be able to you know put them into the next stratosphere. And I'm not going to say generational talent because it's not necessarily a generational talent. We see talents like this come around every 10 years or so, but people say generational. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, mm-hmm. Zion Williamson. They might be a population of one and they're, they're unique in their skill set, but I wouldn't say a generational talent. But he's certainly someone who is going to be the future face of the NBA. And from that standpoint, New Orleans knows they got lucky, right. but they also you know, want to see them do right with what they got. And, and they got a tremendous opportunity. Well, what I loved, Andrew, is on draft night, even though Zion knew he was going number one overall, you saw him get up there and talk to Maria Taylor and just the amount of emotion that poured out. You really saw like how genuine this guy was, how special this once-in-a-lifetime moment was for him. And I think it's hard, even if you're not a Pelicans fan, to not love this guy. Yeah, I think, you know, even spending just like, you know, two minutes with them. Um, and this was my first time either, you know, professionally or personally, just being able to interact with them. And, uh, you know, immediately you could tell like how just humble the kid was, you know, mm-hmm. with, a, with a player like that, you know, it, it would be so easy for as talented as they are at the age that they are to be very me oriented. Right. And yet every indication from being around him is that he's very we oriented. So it's a very unique aspect of his personality, despite his talent level. And he was really just a, a joy to be around, to be honest with you. I mean, his personality is, is something that was, it was very attractive. He has a smile that, you know, lights up an entire room. Um, and he's very, very team oriented player. And I think he even saw that back to do, I actually even told him, when we were interviewing him, I go, Zion, you realize you think of like Duke players throughout the history of the game that stick out to you in your mind. Most of those players 
make your blood boil or like yeah. get under your skin. Like Christian yeah. Leitner, JJ yeah. Reddick, Grayson Allen, especially. <laughs> like those guys, you just like you, you respected their game, but, but you just like, you hated playing them. You yeah. hit, it's like Russell Westbrook or something like that. Right. So, but I said, you're the one player who like people love like universally. Like it seems like everybody, whether it's like those that are involved in basketball or not, they just love being around you. And he's like, yeah, I've actually, I've heard that before. Coach K has told us that. And Coach K was even like, I don't know why people like you, but they do. So um, I think that's, that was one of the most unique things that I talked to him about while uh, we were there for the NBA draft is that he just has a very infectious personality. And um, to see his humility though, on that stage for yeah. someone who knew for the past you know, month plus that he was going to be taken number one, but yet to see that emotion still pour out and that all that he was thinking about was the people who helped him get there. I think that was certainly a, a special moment to not be thinking about yourself and to be thinking about, you know, your mother and, and everybody that helped lift you up. Yeah, it was an awesome moment. And I think made people see that Zion doesn't even understand who he is or what he's done for the game. That's kind of what I took from it. You know, he was up there on that stage and to him, he was the same five-year-old who just had this dream and doesn't realize, I think, how big of a deal he is just yet, which is pretty cool to see. But Andrew, I heard recently on a broadcast how important Zion instantly became to an entire city who really only has the Saints. And you spoke about this a little bit ago, and something was said along the lines of maybe New Orleans will have more to cheer for than just the Saints. And I never really thought of that, that the city really has Breeze and the Saints, and that's it. So being in New Orleans, do you feel like he's going to change the sports landscape in the city? You touched on it a little bit. It's just interesting that Breeze is kind of reaching the end of his reign in New Orleans, but a new star just walked onto the scene. Yeah. And actually, like, I think as soon as he signed with New Orleans, I think it was either like on draft night or right after Drew Brees actually uh, sent him a signed jersey. Uh, and you kind of oh. saw it in the background of this Instagram that photo in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so we actually got to the bottom of like what he wrote on, you know, he signed, you know, on Brees's number on his own number, number nine. And he said, like, passing the torch to you and wow. like signed Drew Brees. So, I mean, Breeze knows how big of a, you know, basketball player he is and, you know, what type of figure, you know, he's going to be in the NBA. And um, it's crazy to think that even at 18 years old, he already has this platform where so many kids that are, are growing up know who he is and look up to him. I can't imagine having that type of pressure as a role model at 18, because Lord knows, like, I was no role model at 18 years old. <laughs> Or shouldn't have been on a national scale, probably not even now at 28. But yeah, I mean, I think I think revitalizing basketball in New Orleans, he'll, he'll be a key piece of that. And, you know, sports in New Orleans are they're embraced by so many people because the reality is that sports keep people off the streets. And so, you know, football is a big outlet for a lot of guys that you see in the NFL to keep them out of trouble. And people talk about it all the time. Football is a way to get away from reality and it it gives them the ability not only to be able to achieve their dreams, but to get out of the situation that they're in. And that comes to pretty much uh, that. That's what it's like when it comes to almost every sport in New Orleans. Um, And people go to football because football is it's just their lifeblood. That's what, you know, they've known since they were a child. But there's certainly so many athletes in this area 
that, you know, basketball is embraced too. And, you know, Zion certainly will be someone who will lead the charge for the next generation in this city that I think plenty of kids within the city of New Orleans will look up to and say, hey, maybe that could be me one day. And, uh, and I think he'll be a, a great representative for the sport and the city as well. Well, Andrew, you've been a pleasure to have on. And I know I just love having your takes. You're down there, obviously, and, and you're around all this. So it's really cool to get it from somebody that's actually seen this unfold. Where can people go to follow you on social media? Because uh, you're definitely a good follow. Yeah, just uh, go to go to Twitter. It, my uh, first name is Andrew. Last name Doak. D is in dog. O A K underscore W W L. Then you can also go to my Facebook, Andrew Doak dash W W L. Usually trying to have have a not not necessarily hot takes, but just like decent takes. Yeah, you know, on every social media platform. So go check it out. That's the way to put it. I love it. Well, Andrew, we appreciate you coming on and we look forward to your coverage this season with the Pelicans. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate y'all having me on too. Well, Kay, if you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Press Pass listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solutions for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter promo code blue. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. Well, we want to thank Andrew for joining us for the assist. But Kayla, let's now go outside the lines. I got a good one for you today. Kim Newton was on a plane. Oh, boy. He offered a passenger on the plane $1,500 cash if they could swap seats because I guess the passenger had extra leg room. The passenger said no. And in the video... Cam Newton goes walking with his head down, like tail between his legs, back to his seat. I'm sorry. It was a 10-hour flight, so that is a long time, I guess, if you're a little cramped. But I have a few things. One, I would have said yes. Uh, $1,500 she would have handed to you on the plane. Yes. Heck yes. But I'm also wondering why he wasn't. Like flying first what class in the, or something that's in the, the first place. But that is the first thing I thought of when you said this. <laughs> first of all. That's the one thing I couldn't what understand. Is, what is go, I mean, what are we on, like Southwest here, and you just get the best available seat? I mean, what is going on? That is incredible. Like, that, yeah. I, that actually kind of humanizes him a little bit. It does. Oh, and of course, he's in like one of his fancy, you know, hats. Oh, my God. And this his is whole, you know, making a fashion statement, like always. And the the guy just said no. And the video I watched was kind of, it was like different clips. So it was from different perspectives. So there had to be passengers all over the plane with phones out this just is, videotaping this. This is incredible. I didn't see that. I know. I'm, I'm really glad oh, that we brought this. Up. 
because this is hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. He just, and he like just respectfully put his head down and walked to his seat, but it kind of had to be so embarrassing because not everyone's just looking at him. I was wondering if the passenger maybe didn't know who he was. Not that that would make a difference. Yeah. It's just the passenger was so unfazed by it. Like, who's this guy offering me money? Oh my God. Take but the, I would have definitely said yes. <laughs> take the money, dude. I mean, give the guy some leg space. He's a big dude. Oh Cam's a big oh dude. So uh, speaking of another star, let the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes begin, folks. Uh, oh, here we go. Two digital billboards went up over the Interstate 5 in Downey. That's about 10 miles southeast of the Staples Center, of course, in Los Angeles encouraging the Southern California native to come back home because guess what? The Los Angeles Clippers are in the hunt and there is a lot out there that says he could go to them. Here's my, my thing on it, Ella, like no billboard first of all is going to like help me decide on where I'm going to go. Yeah. Wow. They got me a billboard. This is where I need to be. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I know he's from that area, so I get that point, but like, I don't want to play for Clippers. I don't want to be yeah. the second best team in LA. Yeah. I don't want to share. Yeah. They'll never be the Lakers, especially as long as LeBron's there. Right. You are. You're just like, kind of like the little brother. Yeah. Like, come on, Kawhi. You just went and made a name for yourself. Go be the king of Toronto again. Right. Be the right. king up north again. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. That's funny. Okay, so let's go to our final knockout round really quickly. Didn't get to mention this, though. Uh, P.K. Subban was traded to the New Jersey Devils this week. Ella, a big knockout uh, for the city of Nashville. They were really mm-hmm. sad. A lot of the fans sad to see him go. But, hey, this is a business guy. Guys, I mean, this is what happens in pro sports. I will say this, though. Thank you, P.K. Subban, for all you did in the community with your Blue Line Buddies program and just everything that you do outside of, you know, your play. Uh, He was a really positive influence on Smashville. So thank you. Yeah, it's that time of year where, you know, the business happens, right? And the business takes over and things like this go down. And it's sad to see players like that leave a city, but it's it's a good grab for the Devils. All right, Ella, where can people go to follow us? And obviously, they need to just subscribe if they haven't. I can't talk this morning. Just it's okay. bear with it's me, okay. people. Bear with me. I'm a little excited for Omaha. So <laughs> You're like a kid on Christmas morning. I know. I'm like, um, if you're listening on iTunes, please pl- press that subscribe button. Leave a rate or a review. We'd love to hear from you on social media, Instagram, and Twitter at PressPassPod. And then I'm getting better at saying that. Mm-hmm. And then our personal accounts at Kayla Anderson TV and at Ella Didge. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Press Pass. We'll be back here next week. Hope you guys can tune in. Have a great one.